you could travel all your life to Paris and never stumble onto some of the city's magical and charming little corners. Joining us by phone now from her Garden View apartment in Paris is Elaine Chiolino. Elaine has served as the Paris bureau chief for the New York Times, and she continues as a foreign correspondent while finishing her new book, Seduction a la Francaise. Her article in the Times on the hidden gardens of Paris caught our attention, so we've invited her to join us here on Travel with Rick Steves to fill us in on some of the lesser-known gems she enjoys as a way to take a break in the city. Paris must be the most celebrated city for American travelers in Europe, and people can go there all their lives and not find some of the magical little corners. Today we're joined by a woman who's lived there for 10 years, writing for the New York Times. Elaine Chiolino wrote an article called The Hidden Gardens of Paris, and she joins us now by phone from Paris to talk about some of the delights, some of the green and, and peaceful delights that you might miss on your next trip to Paris. Elaine, thanks for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. What an exciting article that you wrote in the New York Times, Hidden Gardens of Paris. And uh, people don't realize that. What are there, like 400 parks in the town that people can, can pop in on? Oh, there's probably now close to 500 garden squares, parks, promenades, elevated railways uh, that can be celebrated and enjoyed and discovered. Now, these don't just happen. You've got leadership in Paris that makes it happen. Uh, tell me how the mayors have contributed to that recently. Well, Jacques Chirac, uh, who was president here for uh, 12 years, when he was mayor of Paris, wanted to uh, expand his power, and he only had a small area to do it in, and he decided to turn Paris green. As the, one of the gardeners of Paris, the guy who's the head of the Jardin des Plantes, said, Chirac was a great lover, so he understood the importance of gardens and uh, hidden spaces in Paris and how romantic it would make the city. You know, for an intense city, I, I guess that makes a lot of sense. You need, just it's a matter of your quality of life and your civilization. You need a little peaceful, shady place with a bench to, to duck around the corner, don't you? Yes, and what people don't realize is, you know, how subversive it is. You really have to learn how to look at these spaces. I mean, for example, you have to go to the Notre Dame. It's the most visited place in Paris. But you come out of Notre Dame, you're, 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 you just need a break. And all you have to do is walk across the street to a hospital called the Hotel Dieu and go in, and it's free, and it's the most wonderful sculpted garden, uh, and it's an oasis of calm. And a few steps away, uh, there's the Square Viviani, which has the oldest tree in the world and also one of the best uh, views of Paris. So now, I've always looked at that Hotel Dieu. It's it's an elegant, classic building, which is a a historic hospital right there. That's right. To the left of the Notre Dame as you're facing it. That's right. Just walk in. And And you can walk into that courtyard. You know what you're doing. Yeah, walk in like you know what you're doing. That's Boy, that's a good travel tip. And I would imagine they figure gardens are, are just... Good medicine. I mean, it's a absolutely. There's a whole philosophy in French medicine that started centuries ago that you needed gardens to help people to cure. You say a lot of the gardens are. I, I love this phrase. You called it a celebration of symmetry. What do you mean by that? Well, a lot of gardens are very formal, and we Americans have to get used to this idea that there's not very much that's whimsical or wild in many of the Parisian gardens. They're beautifully sculpted. They're beautifully crafted. You've got bushes that are in, in the shape of cones mm-hmm. or little snakes. And it's it's a way for us, you know, we Americans who tend to be kind of messy and sloppy tourists to sort of think elegantly, think in a whole new way. As a matter of fact, there are nice gravel stretches with, with elegant benches that you sit on and you look at the lawn. I think there's a joke in Paris that the definition of a split second 
is the time it takes for you to step on the lawn and for a policeman to blow his whistle. Yes, but you know what's happened? I lived here in the late um, 1970s and early 1980s, and many of the public lawns were off-limits to walkers, and now most of them are okay to sit on. So oh, that's great. the lawns of Paris have become <laughs> great picnic areas. Oh, I love it. You go to the Luxembourg Garden, and it's just a festival of families and lovers and retired people and children chasing balloons. By the way, I'm speaking with uh, Elaine Ciolino, and Elaine writes for the New York Times. She's working on a book right now called The Seduction à la Française, talking about, uh, well, the seductive aspect of, of French culture, and that'll be out, uh, published by New York Times Books. It'll be out in, uh, in 2011. Uh, Elaine, when we're talking about these gardens... A lot of times I get almost a, a scene that reminds me of a Monet painting, and then I realize that a lot of the gardens were actually created in the 19th century during this Impressionist time. It's no wonder that you recreate some of these romantic Impressionistic scenes even today when you enjoy the gardens of Paris. You mentioned how a garden it can be a place where you see kids with balloons and people hanging out and entertaining themselves. And a garden like the Luxembourg Gardens, which we think we know, changes its complexion depending on the time of day. I mean, it would be very gauche to go jogging in the Luxembourg Gardens in the afternoon (laughs) because everybody's going to be all dressed up and made up and watching you sitting in those those wonderfully metal benches. You've got to go in the morning when all the French joggers are out if you really want to fit in. This is very sensitive, very important, and something you've learned, I guess, from living in Paris for 10 years, that there's an appropriate time to go jogging. When you think about the elegant gardens and the formal gardens, like Luxembourg Garden, you also have the flip side of that. Um, And you you write about a square carpeau, for instance. Well, the square carpeau is is less a wild garden than it is a very what they call populaire or working-class garden. So if if your listeners want to feel as if they really belong in Paris, they should go to the 18th arrondissement, which is near where Montmartre is, and the Sacré-Cœur, and go to this square where, where the, the statues are sometimes a little bit broken, but you can go and pretend you're French. You can go there with a sandwich and hang out with real French people. You're not going to find any tourists there. I, I call it the anti-Luxembourg. I love that. Because the- it's... it's it's normal people, not people dressed up to be seen and, and, and see. Yeah, the anti-Luxembourg, and, and that square is spelled C-A-R-P-E-A-U-X, and you've got some of those um, permanent outdoor ping-pong tables there, and, and just it's a place where the, the people who live in, probably who live in apartments and small flats, go to have a little bit of a yard for their families. And that's why these squares were built. They were built as sort of gardens or outdoor living rooms for normal people. Elaine, thinking of connecting with Parisian village life, the more you know Paris, the more you see it as a bunch of neighborhoods and so on. Each arrondissement has its own personality and, and pride. Talk a little bit about the village life you might find in these small hidden gardens, puppet shows, concerts, bulls, and so on. Well, again, I mean, I live in, a, I have to confess, in a very chic area of Paris, the 7th arrondissement near the Rodin Museum and near the um, the Bon Marché department store. Um, what you have to do is go to some place like the Luxembourg Garden. Go early and see that if you play your cards right, your kids are going to be able to ride a pony. You're going to be able to play tennis. There's going to be some kind of musician or concert, and it's all free, which is another aspect of the gardens of Paris. You come out of... Um, the Louvre, or you come out of Sacré-Cœur, and you don't want to be with a lot of tourists. You don't want to be just 
piled on and with just too many people. And so gardens are refuges where you can hang out for free. And sometimes you can find nobody. For example, one of my favorite places, and it's a secret place, and I hate, hated to even mention it in my article, is something called the Valley Suisse, the Swiss Valley. Mm. It's right across the street from the Grand Palais Museum. You can't find it, though, unless you know it's there, because you have to look at this marble frieze and know that there are staircases that lead downstairs to this very hidden space where you'll find these wonderful park benches and waterfalls and ducks. And so it's a little a, escape, a Swiss valley in the middle of Paris, just off the Champs-Élysées. That's right. And, uh, and, I, and I have to confess that the, the rocks and the little uh, footbridge are fake. They're made out of concrete. Right. But they look real, and it's the coolest place. It's the coolest secret garden in Paris. This is Travel with Rick Steves. Our phone number is 877-333-7425. And Janet's on the phone in Easton, Maryland. Janet, thanks for your call. Hi. Question for Elaine? Yes. Um, Elaine, I'm a gardener, and uh, we are going back to Paris pretty soon. We have seen some of the major gardens, the Luxembourg Gardens and Tulieri, and I was wondering if um, you could make some suggestions of some gardens in the Marais, which is the Jewish area, or the Latin Quarter, and Belleville. Last year we were in the Marais, and we did stumble upon a garden that was outside of the, I believe it was the Paris Museum there in the Marais. Oh, yeah, that's my favorite one in the Marais, the Musée Carnavalet, the Museum yes. of Paris. Uh-huh. Are there any other small gardens Well, in talk the about that garden for a minute. It sounds really interesting. Yes. Well, that's, that's an extraordinary garden because the physical setting is so beautiful. And right. uh, it's, it's got wonderful arches, and it really is an oasis of calm with wonderfully curved bushes that make you feel as if they're going to be moving. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's so wonderful to come out of that museum, which is a very dense museum on the city of Paris, and to be in this extraordinary space. It is, it's very calming, and we walked through the Marais, and, uh, of course, we were in the Place des Vosges. Well, you got the two best ones. (laughs) Yeah, and it was a Sunday morning, and it was early, and we just enjoyed just sauntering, you know, through some of the the side streets. And are there any other small gardens in the Marais? You know, the Marais is one of the areas, I have to tell you, that's most garden-free. Okay. It's one of the oldest neighborhoods of Paris, so the buildings Mm. are very dense and right on top of each other. And I sometimes Mm -hmm. feel... I have to get away from the Marais to mm-hmm. uh, really uh, escape. Okay. I mean, I would urge you to take you a walk from the Marais and go over to uh, the Jardin Tino Rossi, which has the most wonderful sculptures. It's right on okay. the Seine River. And go take tango and salsa lessons for free on Sunday afternoons okay. it, because it blends everything. You've got wonderful plantings and extraordinarily diverse trees and foliage just set with these wonderful sculptures and then these this sort of movable group of french people come and they picnic there and mm-hmm. um and everybody dances so this is tango lessons for free on sunday mornings it's usually sunday afternoon and what um, what is the name of the garden again elaine tino rossi tino rossi how, how yes. do you spell that elaine r-o-s-s-i it's actually mentioned in my article and right. um there's a wonderful website called Paris Walking Tours that will also give you a guide to some of the parks and gardens in Paris. Okay. Janet, we're going to have to move along. Janet, thanks for your call. All right. Well, thank you. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye. 
Boy, I'll, I'll tell you, in the Marais, just enjoyed the sandbox there in the Place des Vosges with the local families coming and playing, and that is a delightful thing. Absolutely. It's and, just, yes. and then there's that, uh, what is the Maison Sully or nearby? Yes. Where you go into yes. the garden of this elegant mansion, and they've got the concrete or the stone frame of a rose window from a church down in the garden, and you can put your family and your friends in the different spaces defined by the tracery of the rose window and take a photograph. It's one of my favorite photographs in Paris. Now, you see, I didn't know that. So you see how Paris is a place of constant (laughs) discovery? It is. I can hardly (laughs) wait to get back. We have Stuart on the line in Boise, Idaho. Stuart, thanks for your call. Thank you, Rick. Hello, and hello, Elaine. Hi. Uh, Comment and a question. Last year, after we finished our uh, tour, ending up in, in Paris, my wife and I spent a few extra days, and one of the days we walked up to Parc Monceau, definitely not one of the small parks, but... We have some artwork from 1982, and one of those pieces of artwork had a was Park Monceau, and it had a, a picture of this very sculpted tree. And we said, let's go see if we can find it. And we walked through, and we actually found it. I mean, it was oh really God. clear that that was, it was amazing that we found it. We took a picture of it. It looks great. But we also noticed that that park really seems to be broken up into several areas. So even though it's a huge park, it seems like small parks. Can you comment on that, or are there other parks, or is that common, or what? Well, one of the reasons some of the parks have that kind of intimate feel of you know, a, a living outdoor apartment is that parts of parks sometimes once belonged to a private home, so that they were sort of blended afterwards. But there's also the sense of wanting to have some intimacy in even the big parks, so that a park like the Parc Monceau, a park like the, the Jardin des Plantes, have secret hideaways, and that's what's so much fun about Discovery, is that you can walk through a big park, and unless you really know that you should go you know, up the hill and find the pergola or down into the ground and through the tunnel and find the secret place, uh, which is the best place in Paris to kiss, you, you, you miss out on a lot. It almost sounds like Paris parks through the back door. Stuart, there's a book, I think, cooking up there. Thanks for your well, call. Well, not only that, but the <laughs> other thing you need to tell your listeners is that, you know, there are places where there's one of my favorite little parks where there you can get a free toilet, which if you play your cards right, I'm going to tell you where it is. <laughs> Thank you so much, Elaine. Thank you, Rick. Stuart, thanks for your call. I'm Rick Bye-bye. Steves. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We've been speaking with Elaine Ciolino, and we're talking about the hidden gardens of Paris. Elaine writes for the New York Times, and she's working on a, a new book called The Seduction à la Française, getting a little more intimate look at French culture and French beautiful urban spaces. Elaine, let's just finish off with, you mentioned the best place to kiss in Paris. Uh, there's a place you wrote about in your article in the Jardin des Plantes. You're writing a book called The Seduction à la Française. It just seems appropriate. Take us to that spot where you think is the most romantic little corner in Paris. Well, if you go to the Jardin des Plantes, from the outside, it just it looks like a vast open space. So you've got to know that there is a place called the Alpine Valley. You have to descend. You have to go through a tunnel. And when you go through on the other end, you'll find this flowery area with a craggy stream. And it, it really is a wonderful place where you can have your private kiss. Um, I discovered it because the director of the Jardin des Plantes took me there, and he was he's this very romantic type who said, uh, you know, he, he grew up, his mother had been a concierge in the neighborhood, and so he grew up, he learned how to walk there. He also met his wife there. So for him, finding the romantic spots in his garden is a very special sort of um, task. Elaine, thanks for giving us a, an intimate look at an at a underappreciated dimension of the City of Light. 
Paris. Thank you. Merci beaucoup et à bientôt, j'espère. <laughs> All right. Each year, Rick Steves' tour guides take free-spirited travelers on escorted tours through France and beyond, one small group at a time. This year, we're featuring tours of Paris and the south of France, Paris and the heart of France, Paris by itself, and the villages and vineyards of eastern France. For a free catalogue and Rick's Tour Experience DVD, visit the tour pages at ricksteves.com. <laughs>